and you're listening to Drinking Socially, the Haunted Untapped Podcast. Uh, your spooky look into what's happening in the Untapped community and the world of beer. This episode is brought to you by Untapped and the Untapped Store. Go to store.untapped.com and use the coupon code podcast for a really nice trick or treat. Actually, it's 20% off your next purchase. <laughs> a treat, yeah. Perfect. Well, I'm Harrison, and as we just alluded to, we are knee deep into spooky season right now, folks. And John and I hope you've been able to cozy up to some Oktoberfests and pumpkin beers, some fresh cider, and of course, candy this month, like we have. We're going to be doing something, or we'd be doing you guys all a disservice if we didn't enjoy another kind of beer, because, well, this time of year, TNT would have called this this beer enjoyed today maybe a new classic uh, back in the day when nice. TNT was saying that about everything, uh, like the Wild <laughs> Wild West movie for some reason um, that Will Smith did. Uh, it's in classic. Right. This may not be making all, like, the hip seasonal beer list, this kind of beer, um, but as always, we're socially, we're just one step ahead. We're talking about monster beers, and I don't mean like a really big beer. If you're looking for that, go back to our Stovepipe episode. We enjoyed Stone's IPA. I'm talking about beers that are actually named after monsters. So right now, go grab your favorite creature, feature crafty, and let's wolf out on some special brews that may just bite back. John, what are we drinking tonight? Ooh, what do we got? That was a, a great lead-in. <laughs> Uh, So tonight, we're drinking a beer from Rogue Ales, Mm. who Harrison talked about a year ago um, from John Mayer's Beard Beer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tonight, it's the Bat Squatch from Rogue Ales, as Harrison is showing off on YouTube. This is... I'm excited. This is a New England IPA, but it's, it's it's a monster beer, as Harrison alluded to, which is perfect for this time of year. The metrics on this beer, it's a 6.7 ABV, and it brings 54 IBUs, which I'm going to say is a little bit high for a New England, but we'll see how it actually tastes, which is more important. The story about this beer that Rogue gives us is that for years, rumors have circled that the deep in the woods of Mount St. Helen lives the fabled Bat Squatch. Where there are many tales of the bat squatch, they're all a bit hazy on the details, kind of like this mm. beer. That's a beautiful shot, Harrison, mm. uh, which makes the truth mm. such a juicy mystery. So what better way to honor the elusive legend than with a hazy IPA? Perfect for camping, potentially making a new friend, <laughs> air bat squatch. This juicy, cloudy IPA features intense tropical flavors and aromas. Harrison, as you're diving in, how'd they do? Mm. This is fantastic. So first sip for me is melon in the nose, big old melon nose, and it kind of, but it kind of tastes like if you remember like the like the dehydrated mango slices of your youth, Ooh, perhaps wow. like a candied fruit is what I get. Boom in the nose. It's got a great body, like a really good. It's pillowy, it's fluffy, but it's not thin at all. It's like very, it's, it's, sometimes you get light and fluffy and it's light, but this one is like, there's some great body to it, but it's melon in the nose for me, dehydrated fruit in the mouth and bad squad magic in between. What about, what about you, I John? I think you got it. <laughs> what are your, what are your first sips? The, so you did me the service 
and or the disservice of, of saying like dehydrated mango. Yep. Bef- as I was smelling yeah. it. Ah. But then I dove in. I took Such a I took a sip, shit. and that was like that was it. You just put it in my head, and then it existed in this beer. The most interesting part about this 57 IBUs, I don't care. I don't yeah. really get. There's a little, I would say, more dryness than yes. bitterness. Yes. But as like after you after you swallow the beer and you kind of do that, mm. you know, yep. I get in there is when I get this like rich, deep, dark, almost like burnt mango at a campfire. Like that's mm. where I am right now with this yes. beer. Deep in the and woods, it's, right? It's good, dude. It's yeah. good. Plus, the, I mean, the can's beautiful. Yep. Can art's you got hilarious. Like, you got this monster <laughs> bat squatch jumping out of the can. Love it. Um, it's. I wouldn't have. I would have never thought bat squash mango New England IPA. Thank you right. for doing this, Rogue. Exactly. Dedicated to the legend, and a legend it is. We're gonna get a little bit more into that uh, yeah. in a little bit. We have some tales to spin by the virtual campfire here tonight um but uh but yeah this has been yeah first sips home run this is great i'm gonna be drinking this hopefully most of the way through this podcast i I might end up drinking a little too quick uh (laughs) normally we'd transition at this point we'd be talking about the bjcp style guidelines but we just talked about them in episode 22 uh with home style from bearded iris so while uh, a quick recap is that the New England is a variant of an American IPA, but you'll get a lot of fruit flavors because most of the hops are added later in the boil. Awesome. So, yeah, let's ask some questions about this style, this New England IPA style. So, John, are they really from New England, all of them? Well, I mean, I think it's... Uh, it, Right, they wouldn't have called it New England IPA. If well, never mind. There's Brooklyn style pizza, and <laughs> um, I think a variant of a late hop edition beer has existed in many different ways. But I'll say, it, for for my lens, uh, the Alchemist was the first one to introduce me to what later became known as the New England style IPA or Hill Farmstead, and you know breweries like Treehouse are are really making this style well known. So yes, I'm going to say the, the style that we all drink and love and refer to colloquially as new England style IPA. I'm going to say that we know it all because of what new England brewers did to make it well known. So yeah, I I'll say that, uh, sure. Other people did it, but we know it because of what new England did. I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, an, a question for you, Harrison. What makes a New England style IPA different than a regular IPA? You know, sure. yeah, and it's kind of like where to begin. It's it's all as you've said before. I mean, a true New England has almost no perceived bitterness, but it's very hop forward. It's just a lot of late hop additions. You know, the hops aren't putting bitterness into that beer. They're instead adding tons of flavor. That's why they're described as juicy, tropical fruit forward, all that stuff. The hops are just doing different things in these beer than they would in like a West Coast IPA or an East Coast IPA, which existed a long time ago um, as well. But uh, but yeah, so very different. Yeah, not as bitter, obviously hazy compared to like, you know, transparent, which a lot of kind of classic IPAs were. So they're almost unrecognizable. But if you're a fan of hops and you've, you know, enjoyed plenty of beers with them, you're going to get some of those same flavors you would in a West Coast in a New England, but uh, showing up a little bit differently. 
So uh, yeah, even though they share the same IPA family, they're kind of on opposite ends there in terms of the actual experience when you enjoy uh, this beer. All right. So John, why, okay, knowing all that, why do you think these things are, are so popular, these New IPAs? What's, what's the deal? Is it just because they look good or look weird or what's happening? What are your thoughts? I mean, so taste it. That's my first challenge as to why is it so popular. Yep. You'll, I, people are going to, just like anything in the world, half of the people are, not even half, less than half of the people are going to say New England styles ruined beer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's expensive. It's a different style. It's really labor intensive. It, you have to be a really good brewer to make a good New England style IPA. But why did they become so popular? <laughs> Part of me wants to say Instagram. I mean, take a picture. These hazy beers look gorgeous. Like they're easy to photograph, and Instagram tells the world what's cool. Yep. Um, but also Untapped. I mean, New England IPAs are some of the top-rated beers in the last oh, couple of years. So, uh, I I think they're popular because of their because they're so dang good. But a, 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 also they photograph well. That's my that's my rogue bit of knowledge. Like that, right? It's the the picture tells a thousand somethings or whatever that thing is. The picture tells that's a it. thousand somethings. That's it. That's a goosebumps book. That one's. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of a thousand somethings uh, and spooky things, yeah. Harrison, have that. you heard of the term juice wolf? Wolves. I'm relatively familiar with this kind of someone who got swept up in the haze craze, I believe, who just can't I, get enough. I think you're right. Are they real? Like, what do you what do you think about juice wolves? Well, I mean, certainly, yeah. The when you, I've seen lines wrapping around the blocks of breweries for that sweet single eighteen dollar can of beer that's, you know, got twenty pounds of hops per barrel or whatever insane stat it's it's touting so and people right lining up to enjoy that thing so i mean i've got plenty of stories i've heard of people traveling multiple states to get these beers and trading for them and paying a ton for them and yeah so there's definitely yeah a uh a kind of a fan base here uh, if you will that uh that's pretty rabid much like many of the wolves in north america <laughs> um so uh <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. You heard it here first. Right. All wolves are rabid. Right, it's a problem. Don't stick around to find out. Just take my word for it and move along. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, I've definitely come across some pretty fanatical hazy IPA fans. Juice Wolf's a pretty cool name, so why not just uh, yeah accept it? If someone calls you a Juice Wolf, just you know wolf out and uh, and enjoy uh, and, and yeah and own it. Hazy IPA is all day. All right, so coming to hazy IPAs, where can I or New England's and you know as they're we're discussing them today, John, where what breweries make in air quotes the best ones, but really like kind of what are the ones that people should be looking out for or important ones to know because of we already spoken a little bit about some of these kind of because they they started this style for all intents and purposes. Yeah, it's I think that's a great question. Uh, there's I mean. The best ones. Thank you for air quoting that because the best is subjective. You, everybody on Untapped has heard of Treehouse. Uh, arguably, they make the best ones according to you, right? The listeners, the Untapped users. 
the answer out of Richmond, Virginia, mm-hmm. Alvarado Street, uh, out on the West Coast, or Monkish out on the West Coast, Rubens Brews uh, further up north, yeah. Weldworks in the middle. Oh, man. Weldworks makes incredible uh, New England IPAs. Close to me, New Anthem in Wilmington, North uh, Carolina. Not just a local favorite. I mean, those guys are talented. But I think the best IPA is the one that's freshest and or the one that's closest to you, right? A, a year ago, two years ago, you couldn't find a New England. Did you just open another can, Harry? I don't know. I don't know what you're about. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> The best IPA is the the best New England IPA for sure is the one that's closest to you, that's freshest. Um, a couple of years ago in Texas, I don't think you could find them. Now you got Sam Adams and Sierra Nevada that are helping mm. like kind of proliferate New England IPAs through distribution. There's brewers in Vietnam that are making them fresh sure. like in Hanoi. Um, so the best one is the one that you can get the closest to you right that's going to be my my advice but definitely if you're near or near alvarado street or weldworks i'm jealous of you don't yeah don't take that for granted grab some beer from them as much as you can um i yeah i'm right there with you john that's uh that's great advice cool now a couple of data points about this one um this particular beer almost in fact by the time you're listening to this episode it's probably been checked in a little over 80,000 times on untapped the new england ipa style kind of started rising to fame on untapped in 2017 about three years ago um and then it, in 2018 two years in a row the new england style ipa was the most growing style american ipa has won it for years and years on untapped but new england demonstrated the most you know kind of rising star right yeah um ratings if you look at by style the new england ipa is probably the top rated style of beer maybe edging out stout or pastry stout uh this is like treehouse trillium again we kind of talked about it all the beers that you know you see like i'm in search of and i would like to trade if it were legally able to talk about trading beers um (laughs) originally credited to uh, brewers from New England, right? We kind of talked about this earlier, the Alchemist and Hill Farmstead. But now, through the magic of Instagram and Untapped and people (laughs) telling you that this is a great beer, St. Petersburg, Russia, uh, Sweden, in uh, Gothenburg, Sweden, in Oslo, Uh, Norway, you'll find some of the best New England IPAs in the world. So... Literally, look anywhere, uh, any, anywhere that you can find this beer. And here's an awkward <laughs> transition, Harrison. Okay. What's your those. favorite Halloween movie? Favorite Halloween movie? Yeah, well, do you have like a Halloween tradition, much uh, like your Die Hard? And, and Christmas, sure. Yep. Absolutely. So I do. Pretty much every year, like clockwork, I'll put on the first four Black Sabbath albums, right when the kids start coming towards the door, blast that Smart. out the window. Just to let all the parents know what they're getting into, because our house is already, you know, and has been for probably about a month and a half, decorated the tens outside with spiders and cobwebs and a headless scarecrow, all kinds of stuff. The neighborhood loves it. That's there all year. Yeah, (laughs) right, exactly. We just put a Santa head on the scarecrow, and then we, you know, just leave him there after Christmas. Um, But uh, yeah, put that on early, and then without fail, every year I try to grab a pumpkin beer. I'll probably enjoy. 
maybe some more of Dogfish Head's Punkin from uh, the other episode, the punk we ever did this year uh, on Drinking Socially, uh, or maybe Deep River is Pumpkin Pie Porter, which we had last year, which is one of my kind of seasonal favorites. Enjoy that. And then I'll watch Halloween, the original. Um, and then probably Trick or Treat, which came out more recently, which is one of my favorite Halloween movies. It's kind of like a quick anthology of four stories in one in a small town on Halloween night. Hilarious, scary, fun. I recommend it if you haven't checked it out. Trick or Treat. Um, yeah, so I'll usually watch those two movies, have some beers, steal my kids' Halloween candy, and then... Uh, Go to bed with a new high score uh, blood sugar and wake up the next day feeling less than great. Um, but that's uh, that's that's without that's the goal every year. Hopefully, uh, I land somewhere around that and check off half of those boxes, and I'll be uh, be more than happy. Yeah. What about you, John? Is there anything you try to do each year, or you know, yeah, what Halloween? What, what's what's the plan? Halloween for me, I don't have. I want to watch Trick or Treat. I'd never heard of it before. Oh, dude, it's a blast! Um, so that's probably on my list this year. Yes, a lot of juice wolves in that movie. You'll see. <laughs> if you know, I'm winking. If you know about that movie, you know what I'm talking about. Great movie. Um. <laughs> so let's uh, Juice Wolf. Uh, no, nope, that's not a Halloween movie yet. That's, yes. oh. We should work on this in our in Pat, our, in our free time. Patent pending. Um. Here's a question though. And yeah, it's a would you rather? Oh, um, and it and it draws from Halloween movies. Okay. Harrison, we drink beer. We do. Uh, we just talked about breweries and, and breweries that do New Englands. And here's a question: If you were going to drink a beer on Halloween, would you rather it's made by a witch or Doctor Frankenstein? Hmm. Interesting. Or perhaps Doctor Frankenstein is well, yeah, Gene, yeah. Gene was, is, that's a young Frankenstein joke. Well, <laughs> I'd be worried about the the witch's beer, especially if it, the witch was the wicked witch of the West, because it would probably be flat. That's right. That's a Wizard of Oz joke. Because she got a Holy house cow, this on is her. Great. It's happening. I'm in the zone, John. The bat's watch is working. Um, uh, so, but, and then, so let's, all right, but let's lay this out, though, for real. Let's, let's, let's be serious about this hypothetical witcher, Dr. Frankenstein beer. It's kind of, for me, it's a little, I mean, initially it's a toss-up because, I mean, you got a doctor in the house, so understands chemistry, biology. Sure, he's got kind of a an interesting take on morality, but... Hopefully that doesn't come into beer making. I mean, it probably should at some point, right? Like we're not stealing people's grain, things like that. Um, <laughs> let's be ethical here. Uh, so that gives me pause. But he probably can quickly, you know, figure out how a brew house works and and make a solid beer. Then you've got the witch. You've got you know someone who maybe throwing in kind of crazy adjuncts. I wouldn't be surprised if a witch makes the next New England IPA, maybe a, like a pastry IPA or a New England stout, what does that even mean? I don't know, but if anyone's going to make it, it's going to be a witch throwing, you know, tails of a newt and eyes of a bat and, you know, extra okay. oats into things. So there's, you know, so there's there's pros and cons right away to each. Um, it's it's So it's kind of tough to pick. I guess if I was, you know, a riverboat gambler, I may go with the witch because more risk there. I mean, she's making it in a dirty cauldron, 
she may be dead. She may have want to bake me into a pie. She may have ulterior motives for once I drink this, I may go to sleep and never wake up. But, but maybe it's, but maybe it's, uh, I hear the witch talking. Is that serious? <laughs> I've said too much. Right. Oh man. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, so, right. So, right. Again, high upside, but a lot of risk to the witch. And then you've got Dr. Frankenstein, which again, pro-doctor, has a lab, probably maybe more sanitized as much as the 1800s allowed. Like, you know, blow on this knife. Good. Into the surgery room with you. <laughs> you know, I, I, maybe it's more, probably use alcohol. Um, so you've got him in the other corner sitting there. And right, I mean, ah, you know, it's maybe I go with Dr. Frankenstein, Frankenstein. For no, just the reason that I'm slightly risk averse, and I'm now that I think about it, pretty convinced that if I drank anything a witch gave me, I'd end up inside some kind of chicken pot pie being served to the town. So I can't open myself up to that kind of risk. I think even though Doctor Frankenstein is doing some non-board certified surgeries and has you know perhaps ulterior motives to to what's going on in that castle up on the mountain. Maybe he's making solid beer on the side. I'm good to try that. I'm going Dr. Frankenstein. Um, it's still a roll of the dice. Maybe less so. I mean, obviously got his monster to worry about, but I mean, he should be in the town kind of doing monster in the town things. And I'm up in the castle enjoying, enjoying a beer. What? That, that's, that's my, that's my really thorough metric by metric breakdown of this would you rather, John? What are you? What are your thoughts? Give me what you got. <laughs> it's I don't know what you've left. Yeah. Um, it's for me. It's uh, it's a much easier decision. I play okay. Dungeons and Dragons. True. I would love to drink a beer that's made by a witch. Mm. Right. Um, I think with a high enough roll, with a high enough investigation roll, I'm not going to touch that beer. But. Um, with a with a good enough constitution yeah. and a hope that maybe this is how I get my superpowers. Okay, I'm gonna drink the witch's Ooh, beer. Like it's probably she's probably a nice witch. Uh, most of history's brewers have been female, so there's a leg up there. And this is probably for me. It's gonna be like, hey. John, drink this beer. I brewed it in my cauldron. Yeah, there's a couple of newts in there, but if, if you it. if you get it down, I need you to do me one simple favor, and I'll make sure the Bills win a Super Bowl Ooh, before oh, you die. I see. So there's uh, I'm I'm going for the witch beer, and I'm right. hoping um, I'm hoping that it works out well. Plus, I love chicken pot pie. Uh, hopefully, I'm not part of it, but exactly, never good to be on the inside of a chicken pot pie. Just the outside words to live by. <laughs> um, any, 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 any of you guys have better ideas or suggestions or outcomes? Please hit us up on Twitter um, at that beer podcast. Um, and if you've been following at that beer podcast, and we've been doing our job, you've likely seen some really creepy cryptid pictures. Harrison, you promised me a story about the bat squatch. I've got a little bit left in my cup. Uh, let's have it, man. Tell me what you know. Tell right. me what you know about the history. The history of the Bat Squatch. So, 
this on first look you may be thinking ah oh, rogue has some creative artists what a fun little critter they made up in their minds and you'd be wrong dead wrong because the bat squatch is real maybe um <laughs> <laughs> So this didn't come out of someone's imagination, although actually it may have very much come out of someone's imagination. All great uh, things do. Right. Sure. Um, so the story here, if, as you gather around this, this uh, whatever proverbial campfire we've got cooking, is that the Batsquatch is a flying cryptid. It's allegedly sighted around uh, after the Mount St. Helens eruption, May 18th, 1980. Um, in the Pacific Northwest. So it kind of coincided as silence covered the land with the ash and the brimstone of the recent explosion. Something ripped through that silence. That something was the cryptid we know as the Bat Squatch. And so starting around this time, you know, <laughs> um, fair amount of sightings of this, uh, this beast begin. It resembles kind of a flying primate, which is pretty interesting because, of course, as we all know, the Pacific Here we are with yeah. the Wicked Witch of the West again. <laughs> right, Sorry, right, <laughs> flying, right, flying monkeys, and and all. It all comes back to right houses falling on people. Um, but uh, so similar to the Ahul or the Orange Bati of Southeast Asia, uh, this one is. But yeah, again, Pacific Northwest is known for like Bigfoot sighting. So not surprising if perhaps a, a relative that can fly is also there. Maybe, maybe it's very surprising to you. Uh, we may be departing kind of where my reality ends and everyone else's begins very quickly. Um, and, of course, is a combination of the name itself, Bat and Sasquatch. So there's a, a natural kind of marriage there. Let's get to the sightings, though. So the first one of note, 1994, Brian... Wait, sightings? Yeah, yeah sightings of the Bat Squatch, exactly. Okay, so okay. Out in the world, we've got some bored people in the woods... Making up sightings, or we've got some honest working people seeing something they can't <laughs> explain. You be the judge. Um, April 1994, Brian Canefield. He was driving in Washington's Pierce County, up in all the trees, uh, when his truck suddenly died. Interesting. Not too mysterious. That happens. It happens. I've had exactly. a truck before. Yep. 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 Exactly. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Canefield said a large creature then landed in front of him. That it was human-like, about nine feet tall, with bat-like wings, and also sported a coat of blue fur. Um, and this was uh, such an interesting report that, like, a local reporter went out there, wrote a whole story about it. Thought the reporter himself thought that Brian was really credible, seemed like an honest guy who just saw something weird he couldn't explain, wasn't out to make quick buck or whatever. Um, so they published it. However, since then, it's been kind of you know hit by a lot of skeptics as a hoax because there just hasn't been... There's just no proof, right? There's no pictures. Everyone wants a body. All this stuff hasn't happened. Um, jump forward to 2009. A possible second sighting now reported near Mount Shasta in California. A lot of hikers witnessed a huge creature with leathery wings. This one spanning 50 feet. What? 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 <laughs> what? That's like nine nine bald right. eagles. That's that's like, there's a school bus, a flying school bus coming to take <laughs> you out. I don't know what they saw, uh, but it flew out of a crevice in a mountain. Um, they, at first, they kind of described it as very similar to like a pterodactyl, but then as they kind of were questioned again and again, it slowly evolved into something that kind of was more like a bat and a fox hybrid. So 
who knows, mountains of California, who knows what they may have been imbibing, maybe water, maybe more than water, but they seem to maybe see something. Um, and then the most recent one that I could find was in June of 2011, a man calling himself Phoenix Tierres, which is a pseudonym, unsurprisingly, uh, was in his yard walking his dog, went to pick up the dog when he saw something in the sky. And, and in his own words, he says, I saw something fly in the sky, and had bat wings, blue fur, and a face similar to eyes glowing red. Uh, it was about nine feet tall at least. Uh, after I watched it, it just flew away. So something is going on in the Pacific Northwest. Rogues drawn our attention to it. Um, you know, love these stories. I'm a big fan of Monster Hunters and all those shows of what could be. Uh, so this beer grabbed my attention in a couple of different ways. And we really don't know, obviously. I mean, that's the fun part about this is it could be nothing, crazy hallucinations, swamp gas, you know, an escaped primate from a zoo, whatever. Um, but it certainly listed a lot of interesting stories some fun kind of Americana, if you will, uh, to tell around the campfire, especially this time of year. So probably got to share with you guys. But if you have, right, please hit us up on Twitter, jump in the Facebook group. If you had like weird sightings of the New Jersey devil or the Ohio grass man or the skunk ape of Southern Florida or, or anything in between, um, I want to know. I know John wants to know. Um, but yeah, please, please share it with us. It, and if you can't share with us, share with your friends, grab a beer, jump around a fire, or pause that scary movie and regale everyone at that time your car died in the woods and you made up seeing a monster. Um, because it's not made up, I actually saw <laughs> the right. time you actually exactly. saw a monster. Well, allegedly, I mean, allegedly. But anyway, you know, who knows? The truth is out there, as, uh, as Mulder and Scully would, would tell us right now. It's up to you to find it. So I'm not saying drink a bunch of beer and run around in the woods, but. There are worse things but if you, you do, do with your time. Come back with the story. <laughs> um, I don't know how to top that. That was like that was. I wanted to sit down and like put on my smoking jacket and yep. and crack open another bat squatch and right. listen to that story again. I saw something flying in the sky. It had bat wings and right. blue fur. Right. I mean, come on! What a great <laughs> testimonial. Exactly right. Begin your Halloween on the right foot. And uh, let's rewind uh, with some untapped updates. Sure. Let's rewind or pause or freeze frame. Let's get to some untapped updates. Um, first off, thank you to everyone that joined us on our 10th year celebration last weekend. Cool. That was great. You can watch it. If, check us out on, on untapped on the YouTube channel. You'll probably see it on there. It was amazing. Uh, Harrison and I traveled back in time. Um, there was I'm I'm hoping to make Mandy's brownies maybe uh, with any stout that I have left over. Um, that was great, and it's not done yet. Um, right. We're coming soon. Those of you in Europe, well, we're cooking something up. We're not cooking brownies, but uh, for the Untapped European <laughs> Fest, uh, there's. Beers. There's. We're, we're. I don't want to say we're smarter, but we've kind of segmented this out into a few different days and a few different boxes of beers. Um, if you're in Europe and you're listening to the podcast, uh, check it out. Check us out on coming up on there, or go to Untapped and, and look into the European Fest. You can watch it from anywhere, but you can only get the beers if you're in. Europe. 
Well, thanks so much, guys, for you know letting us share Rogue's Batscotch with you tonight and indulging us in some spooky would-you-rathers and perhaps an even spooker or maybe hilarious slash ridiculous campfire monster story. But I had a lot of fun. I know John did, too. And next week will be... Oh, it's not spooky next week. Well, Sorry. kind of is. Um, we'll be catching up with Ryan Wheaton from Craft Beer... Sorry, Craft Brew Creative. Um, we interviewed on Ryan's podcast a couple of weeks ago, and Ryan's going to be coming on to Drinking Socially for the last Beer 101 10 of 10. We're bringing him on. We're talking about marketing and beer marketing, and we're going to be drinking kind of a one last homage to a creepy beer with Lord Hobo's Doom Sauce. Love it. I'm looking forward to that. It'll be great. Other than that, uh, as you guys know, show notes will be available at podcast.untap.com. Any questions you have, any feedback, again, share those monster stories with us. You can connect with Untapped on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or directly with us at facebook.com slash drinking socially, or on Twitter at that beer podcast. Love to see anything we're to talk about. Hit us up. Like I said, we'll be sharing fun things. We try to do it you know, almost every day. Uh, love to get your takes on what we're kind of throwing out there into the ether that is the interwebs. But other than that, we'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers.